0: Hi, guys. My name is Francesca. And I'm the founder of the Inspiring My Generation Corporation. We're a nonprofit for mental health awareness. And I'm here today with Ashley from at Gal with Anxiety on Instagram. Thank you so Hi. much for being
1: here with me today. Oh, well, of course. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing good, other than the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually the pandemic and the post election haze, but other than that, I'm doing okay. That's good. I'm starting
0: to get, like, that end-of-the-year anxiety when it gets close to the holidays, and I feel like my anxiety and my depression start to kind of, inf- like, flare up and act up more, so I'm yep. so excited that we're doing this chat because your page has so many amazing tips about coping with anxiety, I feel like a lot of people go through that at this time of the year with the holidays, and especially this year with the pandemic, a lot of people have lost their loved ones in ways they shouldn't have, yeah. and- the election has been a very stressful time period for a lot of us. So I think that anxiety levels are already increased from that. And on top of it being the holiday season, right. it's just a very difficult kind yeah. of way to navigate life right now.
1: So yeah, there's so much happening right now. And I, I keep talking to this about people about how so many more people have anxiety right now, just because the pandemic, this is something that no one has ever lived through. And then you also have the normal day-to-day life of just living as a human being. And a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people are unsure, like how they're going to even see loved ones for the holidays. I know that's a big concern because a lot of the cities now are in strict, like restricting certain gatherings and different things are happening. We're we're going backwards in phases and cases are shooting up like skyrocketing cases are like skyrocketing right now, all the cities. So I think that's definitely anxiety inducing for a lot of us of just, knowing that we saw like a little bit of like a slow decrease in cases. And now it's like kind of going back up, creeping back up again. And even just after the whole election thing, like that was a lot of like intense anxiety for me. And I'm sure for a lot of other people as well, of just yeah. having that whole week and still to this day, <laughs> we still don't like have a concession from Trump. So we're still waiting on that too. And so I think that's just going to be another layer of going into the holidays with everything that's happening in the world, if you're even able to gather with your family and then also people have less money. So that's like, how are you going to buy gifts? Because if you're not working or if you're waiting on that unemployment check, or if you're waiting on PUA because you lost your job because of the pandemic. And then you also have, like I mentioned the election stuff, you're going into holiday gatherings where politics is never like a friendly discussion, especially when you have like mixture of people coming together Depending on how many people you actually gather, like you're going into it knowing that some of your family may or may not agree with your political stance and viewpoints on the state of the country. So you have to be really careful going into gatherings, talking about politics alone, because that can definitely bring up a lot of anxiety for everyone, no matter what side of the coin you're on.
0: There's just so much. There's so many things that could cause kind of like a panic attack or just a major increase in anxiety levels. From what gifts can we afford to buy this year? From can we afford to gather with our families? Um, from what's going to happen with the election at the end of the year? What's going to happen with our jobs? Are we going to be able to keep our jobs? Because now we might have to go into another shutdown.
1: So there's so much that
0: could really just set us off.
1: And I think that's, for me, like the unknown is definitely one of my biggest triggers. And I think that's a common a common trigger for a lot of people that have generalized anxiety disorder is the unknown. And I feel like we're living through the greatest unknown ever, because the pandemic, we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know when this vaccine is going to, if the vaccine's going to come out when they say it's going to come out, or if it's even going to be really work and really help people or how that's going to, how that's going to be distributed. And there's so much unknown with jobs and the overall economy in this country. There's so much still unknown about the presidential transition. And then there's still a lot of turmoil with just racism still running rampant and a lot of things still not being addressed as it should be. So there's so much going on that causes people that have anxiety, anxiety disorders rather, to really have more of an increase in overall baseline levels of anxiety. And I know that it kind of comes and goes in waves for me. And I'm sure it's like that for everyone else, because there'll be good days and there'll be bad days. And there'll be days when you don't necessarily overly think about it. And it was funny because just the other night, I started watching the news and I'm like, I love that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel super anxious right now. I'm really worried about like the stress of like this pandemic. And it just takes a toll on you. And I remembered, I reminded myself like, Ashley, this is why you do not watch the news because it spikes your anxiety and seeing the numbers. It doesn't do me any good. It's good to be aware. And I think going into the holidays, this is very important to kind of convey because this is important, whether it's holiday or not. Limit limiting your exposure, limiting your limiting your exposure to the pandemic in general, like for health reasons, but then also limiting your exposure for how much you're taking in. Because number one, news is news is known to be negative. That's just the way it is. There's a lot of negativity on the news. It affects your overall energy, and then it's gonna definitely affect your anxiety. And you're choosing what you're watching. And I think we have to remember that. It's the same thing as social media. You're choosing who you're following. You're choosing whose stories you're watching. You're choosing, you're choosing everything you're intaking. And I know that for me, that was probably the greatest thing I did was like at the very beginning of the pandemic, when the numbers were increasing back in April, I made the executive decision. I'm like, I cannot look at the case numbers anymore because it makes me anxious. It makes me have a panic attack. So probably like end of April, I'm like, no more. I'm not going to look at the case numbers. I'll get the headlines and that's it. And it helped because I'm like, I can't sit here and keep looking at how many people are dying and how many new cases there are. So I'm kind of reinforcing that for myself after my little level of anxiety after, I think it was Friday Friday night, I was watching the news. I'm like, okay, moving forward, you're not going to watch the case numbers because it's not being like oblivious or ignorant. Like I'm very well aware of what's happening, but for people that have anxiety disorder, I think it's really it's really important to be aware of what your triggers are. And during this pandemic, going into the holidays, I think having a really strong grasp of what those triggers are for yourself. And even going into the holidays, maybe making a suggestion with your loved ones, depending on if you're gathering with people, or even if you're just doing a Zoom, a Zoom gathering to say, hey guys, can we like not talk about COVID for this whole dinner? Like if we're going to have family dinner, or if we're going to have like a present exchange, or like, we're just going to hang out, even if it's digital, even if it's virtual, just kind of import, like mention that up front, because communication is key with anything. Being really open and honest of like, I want to have a COVID free Christmas, or like a COVID free, like discussion, like a COVID free, like our dinner, and just see if that will help. Because I think you have to speak up and say what you want. I think that's
0: really great advice. I think a lot of people would be able to benefit from a list of things not to talk about. And you can even have safe topics. It's like, these are the kinds of topics we can talk about at the table. And these are topics we're not going to talk about because, and it's not about not wanting to have important discussions with your family and your loved ones. It's not about wanting to avoid what's happening in the real world. It's about wanting to protect everyone's inner peace. And when people don't get along or when some people get stressed out about certain topics, which we all do, we all have topics that trigger us, right? And when you have anxiety disorder, it's even worse. Of course, so being respectful of boundaries that everyone has is something that would be so helpful for a lot of people. It's not about being unfair to one person or more fair to another person. It's about everyone respecting each other's boundaries in a safe and healthy way. And I think a lot of people don't tend to do that, especially when it comes to family gatherings.
1: Yeah. And even just setting up boundaries initially, like if there's certain like you said, I like the idea of what you said of just having safe topics and safe things that you can discuss keeping it more neutral because we all know that like there's certain heavy topics that are going to be more controversial and everyone knows their own loved ones, their own family better. But obviously I think it's safe to say that most families have a variety of opinions. Like there's always gonna be that one aunt or that one uncle or that cousin that just doesn't have the same like political viewpoint or like even just in nuclear families like just mom, dad, sister, brother, like not everyone might share the same, the same ideals or the same like visions for the country or how they're, even how you're handling the pandemic yep. because in, within a family, like someone might be like really afraid and like, I don't want to come to dinner because I'm just like, I'm really anxious right now. And I think we have to really show compassion to each other and be like, okay, it's okay if you don't want to come home because I get that you're afraid and you have a reason to be because there's a lot of stay at home advisories right now. So I think we have to be super compassionate during this time, during the holidays. And also that kind of goes in line with the whole gift giving. I think we have to have like an initial conversation. I know we're just entering into Thanksgiving next week, but going into Christmas or Hanukkah or when you're exchanging gifts, I think it's really important to have that initial discussion of like, hey guys, the gift giving might be a little bit lower level this year, or like I just can't afford something, but I'm going to give you a really beautiful homemade gift or I'm going to make you a homemade card. Or I'm just going to give you words of affirmation. Like I'm going to tell you something that I really like about you. I think having like that initial conversation of like, it's okay if it's not a typical materialistic present or like even taking away the idea of like feeling bad because I can't afford the same level of gift I did last year before I lost my job.
0: Yeah, that's really important. I think a lot of people are really stressed about that, about it's going to be embarrassing that I can't give the same gift. It's going to be embarrassing that someone can give a gift better than me. And I think a lot of people have that in general. And now this year where so much has changed and put us in situations that we didn't, that we couldn't have seen coming, that we really had no control over whatsoever. Or we had a little bit of control on how much we chose to expose ourselves to the virus and continue to party, which led to the numbers increase. But we didn't have, com- a lot of us and not really attribute to that and didn't have complete control over what happened. But now we're in a place where the numbers are increasing again. We know that we're going to have to shut down. And we're not shutting down to destroy the economy. We're shutting down to protect our people. And that's something that's super, super important. It's not a bad thing that we have to shut down. It's so important that we do and we protect the lives of the citizens that do boost our economy, right? Mm -hmm. But being able to recognize that there's so many things that were outside of our control. So we can't control that, but we can control the way we approach the holidays. We can control how we have discussions with our families and have like honest communication. Like you said, communication is key. And being able to talk about these are the kinds of gifts we can do this year, or, you know, what would be even better. This has been such a stressful year. Why don't we all do something that's just a random act of kindness for each other? Or why don't we all put a couple dollars into a, um, into a thing to donate and donate to a family that can't afford food for the holidays. That's another great thing we could do, right? It's not all about, what can, we can give to each other. It's about what we can do for each other. I think that's something that's so important. It's not yep. about gifts. It's about it's about the experience and the love and the happiness and the joy that you can bring to other people.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, yeah, it's so much more than the gifts. It's more about getting to be, even be able to get together. And even if it is virtual on a Zoom or like you can't go home to see someone, it's like, it's more about the intention and the presence and the love. And it's so much more than like what you buy or what you can't afford. And I think that kind of ties into the whole FOMO thing that's still happening on social media. It's it's going to be even worse this year because of COVID. People are going to go on there and see, oh, this family got this expensive gift and my family is really in a bad place right now. I think it's really important to remind ourselves to keep that in check a little bit and remind ourselves that we're living through a horrific situation, a horrific time that we have not gone through in a long time. Like this is unprecedented territory. Obviously we had bad economy previously and we got through it, but this is a whole different ball of wax, if you will. So I think it's going to be even more important for self-care to be increased and to be really mindful of how much time you're spending on social feeds and even what you're sharing, because you don't want to go on there and make if you're feeling negative or anxious, you don't want to go on there and like give that to others and like put that in your feet or like go out and be like a troll or go out and hurt someone's feelings because you're in a bad place. And obviously we have to be mindful of our own situation and how we're feeling it. And I just think in general, the holidays does bring up a lot of FOMO for people and it brings up a lot of comparison, whether it's like where you go on vacation or where you're, what you're getting for gifts it does cause a lot of unnecessary comparison and unnecessary anxiety. So I think it's really important to be mindful. It's always important to be mindful of social media usage, but it's really important now.
0: I completely agree. And I love that point that you brought up that when people kind of, you're in a negative space, you don't want to go and start projecting that energy on social media. And right now we're seeing the numbers of bullying and cyberbullying increase at rates that we've never seen it before because we have people who home all day, and they're on social media, and they're angry. They are going through a lot. There's so much going on in the world, and we can't really process and cope. A lot of people don't know how to cope. And they're kind of just projecting a lot of that energy out on social media. A lot of people are projecting it onto public figures that they don't know that they want more from, or that they just kind of want to fight with somebody. And I feel like a lot of people think public figures are someone they can attack. I think a lot of people are doing it to each other and just their friends because they have different viewpoints or opinions and we see that our the leaders of our country sometimes tend to use um, derogatory terms or treat people with disrespect or put adjectives in front of someone's name in a way to degrade them and that's teaching everyone else that if our president can do it if this person can do it why can't we so now a bunch of people are doing that and it's all over social media, especially if you go on Twitter. I don't know if you've been on Twitter lately, but I made the mistake of going on today. And it is that big, and a lot of it is that negative energy that we're all feeling right now and we don't know how to cope. And sometimes we project it in ways we shouldn't. And I completely respect that a lot of it is not intentional as a way to hurt people, but it is hurting people. It is a problem. And going into the holidays too, we have more of more time off work more time off school, more time to be on our phones and be on social media. So being mindful of that and aware of how our words can be interpreted, how they can be used against people, how they can be hurtful, and how someone else's words can hurt us and how what other people are doing can affect us. Being mindful of all of that and aware and doing our parts to not be contribute to that in our own mental health and mental and inner peace state is something that's so, so important.
1: Yeah, I like the idea too. If you're going to Post something, I think it's really beneficial if you're in a negative headspace, because obviously if you're in a low place, you have to have community. And for some people, social media is your outlet because you're in a bad home space or like you just don't have anyone else to turn to. So it's not about not reaching out, but I think with negativity, it's really important to like kind of check in with yourself. So I like the idea of doing like a, a quick like 30 to 60 second pause and ask yourself. Why am I going to post this? Or what? what's the intention? What am I going to get out of this? If I'm going on some influencer's page or some public figure's page, even if even if you are, like, even if they are in the wrong, like, in terms of, like, people dumping stuff on Trump, and a lot of his stuff is pretty crazy, and I think that it's pretty clear where I stand, but it's it's something that you have to check in with yourself and be like, well, what is this going to do? What is this really going to do? If I go and say something nasty in response to one of the many crazy tweets that the president is sharing or any celebrity or anybody, what is that actually going to do? It's going to make me feel low because it's dragging me even further lower because I feel like, oh, if I get this off, like if I just go off and like attack someone anonymously, I'm going to feel better about myself because I'm tearing someone else down. I think you have to pause and check in. And even with your friends, like even texting or like, they always say, like, you should never go to bed angry. Like, I think there's so much to be said about that. Like just checking in with yourself for like those 30 to 60 seconds of just like, why am I writing this? How am I feeling? Is there a way that I can step back and like, just do a different activity to like release some of my negativity and still seek out, seek out community, seek out support, seek out help, but check in with yourself and just kind of see like, what is this going to do?
0: I absolutely love that because a lot of times what ends up hurting people or like what we want to do to like kind of hurt people who've hurt us and that made us feel bad. We're really just hurting ourselves. We're hurting our own inner peace by releasing negativity. We're welcoming it back into our lives. So there's so many more productive ways that we can get that anger out. We can write letters to our government leaders and let them know what why we feel that the current way things are being handled is wrong and what that should be done we can donate money to or donate our time to volunteer i know like one thing i've done during this pandemic is i volunteered at a food bank i've also donated to a food bank a lot of people can't afford to donate or don't have that extra two dollars and that's fine you can i'm sure you have an extra hour though to maybe volunteer somewhere as long as it's safe of course but there's a lot of things that we could do to spread positivity and love and make a difference without posting that negative, angry tweet. And I think yeah. a lot of people forget that, that Twitter is not solving problems. Yeah, it's really that not. yelling about how much you hate someone and how they're handling it wrong is not going to make anything better. But there are things that can make it better. And by actively researching things you can do and volunteering, donating, just even checking in on your friends and spreading some love and encouragement to them can go such a a much further along way to make the world a better place.
1: Exactly. I love that you mentioned the whole food bank thing, because I think we have to remember that there is a lot of actions we can actually do. And even if it is not money, like monetarily, like donating to something, you still have a lot of options to really help and make a difference. And I think we have to remember that the whole concept of activism and making moves and being wanting to be the generation that actually makes an impact or changes things It really is about actually taking action. And sending something off into social media is not actually action. It's just running, it's running your mouth. It's not actually getting yourself out there and doing something to change something. And I think obviously the action of voting, that was a huge thing that a lot of people were able to do. And going to a food bank, that's an actual action. There's so many more things you can do to actually make a change and do something besides just running your mouth on Twitter.
0: Exactly. Don't be a voice that gets lost in angry crowd. Be, make an active, make do an action that makes a change, that leaves something better off. That's, you know, unfortunately, the reality of the world is we're all only here for a short period of time, and our lifetime might feel long or might get cut short for millions of reasons, but we all have the ability or we all are blessed enough with the opportunity to be on this earth at this time. And we all have the ability to make a difference even if it's just a small one because it's not about one difference it's about the chain of reaction that comes from it by helping one person you can they can go on and help one person that helps one person helps one person If you help five people it helps five people five people five people it completely continues to carry on so helping one person could end up helping millions of people so Correct. people can think about that when they go on social media i feel like or when they're talking with their friends their loved ones their families One thing you say can influence someone else to go off on a bad path. You can bullying them by making fun of them, by teasing them, by not supporting them. You can put them all into a bad place or by encouraging somebody, supporting somebody, donating, doing something small that makes a difference. You can help so many people go into a really good place. Everything we do, every word, every action has an effect. And we really have to decide right now what kind of effect we want to have and then actively do things that prove that that's the effect we want to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's all about that ripple effect. Really, really, really knowing that one word Word. has some power. Exactly. But getting into the holidays, I want to kind of touch on Thanksgiving because I know that's coming up next week. And I think I know for myself and I'm sure for a lot of other people, Mental health, like if you are going to be gathering, and I I say that because I know that this holiday is different. So you're not going to actually be gathering with extended family, but use this for future when we actually can have big gatherings, but even small gatherings, even on a Zoom call. Something that I get asked a lot about is just like how to handle in the moment anxiety, like when you're at that dinner table or when you're at that like holiday cocktail, like if you're having cocktails with family or friends or whatever and you're actually in that place where you're like oh my gosh I feel anxious right now and I'm at the center or I'm on the zoom call and like I'm supposed to be like enjoying like a holiday like party or whatever I think it's really important to kind of address that and just kind of think about like ways that you can handle having in the moment anxiety and how to like how to cope with it so you don't feel the shame or the embarrassment because I know for myself it definitely took me a time to kind of get adjusted or kind of realize that like it's okay to have that come up. Like you can be anxious at a dinner table and it's different for every family. So I I know for myself, I'm very open and I'm very communicative of like, this is how my anxiety comes up. Like this is how it looks. My family has all seen me having a panic attack. Like most people in my life that matter have seen me have a panic attack. So it's not a surprise. They know what it looks like. They know how it comes on. So I think it's, again, going back to communication. If you're able to, Feel safe and feel ready to tell your family, this is how my panic attack comes on, or even just like introducing them, giving them research and be like, this is why this happens, or this is what I'm experiencing, or this is my diagnosis. And again, only when you're ready to share that. But I think there is something to be said about communicating and being very forthcoming and very clear with family or with friends or with loved ones about what it actually feels like for you. And that way they know the warning signs of like what it's going to be like, so they don't get freaked out. And I think when it happens, it's okay to walk away. Like, it's okay to like, excuse yourself. You don't have to tell if it's extended family or like friends of friends that you don't know. You don't have to make some big announcement and say, hey guys, I'm having a panic attack. (laughs) You can just walk away and say, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Like, I just have to go to the bathroom. I'll be back to this dinner table in like five minutes. And you can excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, do any of the coping mechanisms, breathe deeply, I carry essential oils, I carry crackers for nausea. You can have like all your coping mechanisms or even just a couple deep breaths or meditate for five minutes like in the bathroom or if you can go to a separate room. So I think it's really important to remind people that it's totally okay to walk away if you feel like you have to. I think that's really great
0: advice because a lot of people feel like they can't excuse themselves from the dirty part. They have to sit there and deal with it and experience a panic attack from everyone because they're afraid to just Give themselves a minute to kind of breathe and ground themselves i think that's something that's so important that it's okay to walk away it's okay to even go outside and go for a walk yeah. it's okay to bring headphones with you and if you have to excuse yourself for a few minutes and listen to a song that might help you or listen to a meditation or call a friend there it's okay to use any of your coping mechanisms yeah i know a lot of times we feel like it's disrespectful And sometimes if we don't approach it with respect, it can come off disrespectful, but it's not about disrespecting other people. It's about protecting yourself because the experience can be so much worse for you and for your loved ones if you aren't able to cope. It can go on more long term. I know if I have a panic attack and if I don't cope with it right away, the anxiety kind of builds up and I will have more panic attacks very near together. So. Being able to excuse myself for a few minutes, I go for walks. I will go for a walk. I will, I try not to leave the dinner table, but I have left the dinner table and kind of just hid for a little bit and collected myself because I think a lot of people like eating disorders in the holidays too. That brings up a lot of anxiety because it's uncomfortable sitting at that table eating. I was the person who had that eating disorder and had to leave the table. I would have full-on panic attacks and a lot of people would see it the whole family where I'd be like crying, hyperventilating. Screaming, I couldn't calm down because I was so, I got to the point where I was so over anxious and so over everything was like held in. All my emotions were suppressed. And then I kind of just reacted and my panic attack took over in a big way. So making sure that you understand that. Don't just walk away from the table, but say, okay, I do need to take a break. I need to go to the bathroom. Like you said, be respectful about it and kind of so that your family knows that it's nothing against them because that can also cause a lot more stress if they feel like you're disrespecting them
1: yeah it definitely increases the overall anxiety so i think it's really important to remember to do it with respect and just kind of have a pat answer and i think the bathroom is a perfect excuse of like i have to leave the table because i have to go to the bathroom or even just you don't even have to have a reason i think we have to remember that we come first and it might feel really awkward because it definitely took me time to kind of like get accustomed to that. I'll just excuse myself because it feels disrespectful. So I think that's why I was mentioning like whole communication. Like if you're you're ready to share that with your family so they know like, oh, that's the reason she's leaving the dinner table. It's not because we said something wrong or like it's not because she doesn't want to be here. It's more about she's taking care of her mental health or she just needs a breath. So I think it's really important to remind ourselves that it's not bad if you're doing it from a respectful place. Exactly.
0: I think that's something that's so, so, so important. And I'm so happy you brought that up because that does add extra anxiety on top of the normal amount of anxiety that we're dealing with, or like what kind of, I think a lot of us are really just in this state of high anxiety right now with everything going on. And then a lot of us have anxiety disorders that kind of increase that level of anxiety and then getting together with family and loved ones can also increase our anxiety because a lot of times people have those small comments or they want to know who you're dating what you're majoring in, um, where your new job is, what you're doing. Like they want that whole life plan. And a lot of times they can feel really uncomfortable because we don't always have it figured out. We're not always dating somebody. We might've changed our hair and it wasn't for any kind of reason, just that we wanted to. Like I know one thing that I get all the time now is phone calls about, I saw this actress on TV that had really pretty long blonde hair. Have you (laughs) thought about coming back to blonde and growing your hair out? I'm like, nope. This is me now. This is where I'm at. So a lot of times that our family comes to a place of love, and they're like, "I liked this for you," or "I think you'd be happy dating this person," or "I think you'd be happy if you were doing this major or doing this job." And they don't mean to be triggering us, but they—they a lot of times it tends to, and that's okay that we get triggered by it. But knowing that we can walk away in a way that's respectful, so that we're not—you never want to be mean—and I say that with. So much love and respect for everybody that kind of lives with mental health. A lot of times we get misunderstood, misinterpreted. We're not trying to be disrespectful when we're excusing ourselves. So kind of just being a little aware that people might take it wrong if we just say, I need to walk away or just walk away. Instead say, I need a few minutes right now. It's nothing that anyone did. We just need a few minutes or I'm going to go to the bathroom like you said. Not just storming off and walking away to avoid the anxiety talk in front of everyone because I know I did that a lot in the beginning. I just kind of ran because I didn't want anyone to see it. I think that communication that like you brought up is so, so important because we don't want to disrespect our loved ones. We don't want them to feel disrespected that they make a comment to us that again triggers us again. There's just so much that comes around with it. So I think like communication is so important. So what kind of examples of, I know you like going to the bathroom, but other kind of examples do you have for walking away or approaching it, whether People know you have anxiety or they don't.
1: Yeah. I think having those pat answers in the back of your pocket or like just having them initially like in your, in your mind. So you know how to handle the situation. Because Obviously when you're in a full blown panic attack, you're not thinking straight. You're not thinking clearly. You're thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm nauseous. Oh my gosh. My heart is beating out of my chest. Oh my gosh. I'm in a full fledged panic attack right now. So you're not going to be able to really think too too involved like how am i going to tell these people what's happening so i think having at least a couple different ideas in your mind so i think a great one is the bathroom because no one can question that i think another one is just i need to take a few minutes right now or to say oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go get seconds like just excuse yourself to the kitchen or be like i'm gonna go refresh my drink does anyone need anything so i think any of those are great examples for the dinner table and then if you're in like another circumstance where it's like just hanging out in a family room or just like gathering at like a bar or like at a home bar, like not outside, but just having different things that you can say to like allow yourself to leave the room. And again, sometimes you may or may not have the the discussion beforehand. Cause I know for me, it's like going into any outing or any gathering. It's like, it's really beneficial to kind of let people know if this happens, I might walk away, but no, it's not anything you did. It's just my anxiety flaring up. And I like the idea of what you said about just like stepping away and like calling someone or like this, it's always like, it can be seen as rude to say, oh, I have to make a call. But I think that's another excuse. Like you can just say, I have to make a call or, oh, I have to, I have to answer this because it might be work or because it's, it's someone that I want to wish happy holidays to. So I think you have to have a couple different things. And the other thing that I like to have for any family gathering or any outing is having one or two friends that you can like text, like having a friend that you can text while you're at, while you're with extended family or while you're with like a mixed group, if it's like a work thing or like colleagues, like gathering or a school thing, whatever it is, where it's like mixed company. I think it's really helpful to have a friend that you can reach out to and just have that one person in your life that you can like DM them on Instagram or text them and be like, Hey, how's your holiday with your family going? Or how's your work Work or school out and going right now, or how you how are you doing? Because you're alone, like having someone you can check in and just like have that humorous, like normal, like friendship kind of conversation, just to kind of keep yourself a little bit more lighthearted as you're going through like something that's may, that may or may not be pleasant.
0: I love that. That's such good advice. And for those of you who are watching, who kind of feel like you don't have anyone who you can call and reach out to. Please remember these numbers, 1-800-273-8255. That is a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The crisis text line is text 741741. I promise if you can learn TikTok dances every single day, you can learn those numbers. It's something that's so important to have those numbers because you don't have to be in crisis about to end your life to reach out. And I think that's this misunderstanding that a lot of people have. They think you have to be in crisis, getting ready to end your life to be able to reach out to these hotlines. That's not all they do. They can provide you with resources or coping mechanisms you can use. They can just listen to you and validate you. They can help you come up with coping mechanisms that will work for you. They can um, send you resources about how to grieve, about how to talk to people about your mental health, to find a local therapist who's affordable, who's on your insurance. They have all these amazing resources that they can help you with. You do not have to be in crisis, suicidal to reach out. I know it's kind of in the name and a lot of people think that, but that's such a great tool for the holidays to have. And even just knowing if you think you might not need it, maybe one of your family members will. One of your friends, one of your loved ones, share that number. Make sure you post it on social media if you're gonna be on social media. Share it with your loved ones at the table. Be like, did you guys know about this? But everyone should just write it down this number. It'd be cool to have it. And we can all share it with our loved ones who need it. I think there's so many resources out there that a lot of people don't know about. And having somebody to reach out to and talk to, even if it's a complete stranger, can be so, so important when we're having one of those depressive or anxiety episodes. So I love that you said to like connect with a friend, connect with somebody who can make you laugh, who can listen to you. We all need support. And I know a lot of people who are kind of in that depressive and anxiety, high anxiety states, feel like they don't have that support. So if you feel like you can't communicate to your loved ones, please, please,
1: please reach out to those numbers. It's so important. I'm really glad that you brought that up because it, it's one of those things, like I have it in my phone because like you said, even if it's not for me, it's like I want to have that in my phone book. So like if I ever am in a situation where I'm with someone that needs help or that needs to talk to someone that I might not be able to help or even on Instagram, like I you talk to people all the time, like through the DM and I'm connecting with so many people that I would have never got to meet. So just knowing that that resource is out there, I think it's really important to have those numbers memorized, or if not memorized, have them in your phone book.
0: It's true. We have smartphones that can remember everything for us. Put it in your contacts, put it in your notes. You can hide your notes and lock it. So no one ever has to see that you have those numbers if you're not comfortable sharing it, that you do. But it's so, so important that we have those numbers available to us and that we know that they're available to us.
1: Yeah, and I'm really glad that you brought that up too, about like just breaking the stigma around I have to be suicidal to call this number. Like it doesn't have to be the end of your life or it doesn't have to be like a dark night of the soul, or like you're on the ground, like crying, like ready to end your life. It doesn't have to be that extreme end of it. Like, yes, definitely. That's, that's there for that too. But it's more than that. You you can reach out, like you said, just to talk to someone. Exactly.
0: I volunteer and I absolutely love it. I love when people are there to just and they just want to open up and explore their emotions because you know that means that shows a lot of strength when you have all these emotions and you feel overwhelmed and you don't know who to talk to and you know you know what I can reach out and find some resources that will help me to know that that's an option and to do it shows so much strength and courage and shows how much you care about your mental health I absolutely love when people reach out I love volunteering and I love the idea that it's not always someone who's in crisis, it's sometimes just someone who maybe needs resources for a loved one who just wants to learn more, if, even if it, just see if it works. Like if you don't believe that it works, you can call it and test the system. A lot of people do that. They're like, I just want to know that this works if I ever need it or before I share. it. That's something that's so amazing that anyone can do. Anyone can reach out about absolutely anything. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so important to have for the holidays. Definitely. So then with the holidays, I think a lot of people feel kind of overwhelmed on what kinds of conversations they can have. Like, I know we talked to the beginning about having safe conversations. So what kind of recommendations do you have for like a safe Thanksgiving dinner table conversation?
1: Well, obviously I think sharing gratitude is a great one. It's that kind of year. It's that, it's that kind of holiday. And I think obviously staying in a positive mindset, like celebrating the little things, celebrating the things that are worth celebrating. Because obviously if you're going through a lot of loss right now, it can be really challenging to kind of like be in a positive mindset. And you don't want to fake it. I don't believe in fake positivity. But I think it's really important to remind ourselves that we do have a lot to be grateful for. So under a gathering, having a conversation, asking everyone, what are you grateful for right now? What, what was a win that you had this year? Because it's so easy to like, jump on the bandwagon of everyone saying 2020 was an awful year 2020 brought me nothing. It's like, how can you think of like, what was a positive that came out of this year? Cause you had more time with your kids. You had more time at home. You got to pick up a new hobby. So that kind of, if you share your gratefuls or your wins, like no matter how small or big they are, that can kind of lead off into separate conversations. Like, Oh, I started learning how I started learning a new language, this, this pandemic, or I started learning a, I started learning a new exercise this pandemic, or I got in shape this pandemic, or I really took my exercise in health in. To a different place or oh i learned all these new recipes so i think it kind of ventures off into different conversations that are more safe because they're fun they're uplifting you get to talk about things that you're learning or things that you're doing in your daily life because of the pandemic and i also think that another kind of conversation you can have is just a fun lighthearted pop culture stuff not political but like pop culture in the sense of like did you see that new show on Netflix or did you, did you listen to this podcast? It was so informative. I really enjoyed this podcast. I learned so much from this or I read this great book and I think you'd really enjoy it. So being able to talk about those kind of hobbies. I um, love that. And I love what you brought up about
0: gratitude. It is the season of gratitude. And although we should be grateful and thankful all year long, a lot of us forget to kind of just be grateful for the little things. Like when you're sitting down at Thanksgiving table and people are asking you, like, what are you grateful for this year? What are you grateful for right now? How long does it take to say that I'm breathing, that I'm here with you, that I'm present? That's something that a lot of people don't have. A lot of people are losing their lives from COVID, from suicide, from cancer, from accidents, from old age, from sickness, from anything. There's so many people who are losing their lives every year. The fact that you're still breathing is something that you should be so thankful for every day and a lot of us forget how lucky we are to wake up in the morning
1: yeah even just being alive the breath even if you're gathering being able to gather having the presence with people having food to eat no matter how grand grand or great like whatever it is that you have on your plate be grateful for food be grateful for clean drinking water being being grateful for a shelter being grateful for a roof over your head like there's so many things that I think a lot of times people take for granted. And it's easy to overlook certain things, but just remembering so much that we do have, because like you said, so many people are losing their lives. So many people are losing their loved ones. So we have to really come back to that state of gratitude and remind ourselves this Thanksgiving and every single day that we're alive, that we're lucky enough to be alive, that there is so much to be grateful for. And it's not about FOMO or like overdoing it or being like, my gratitude's better than yours. It's not any of that. It's merely a chance to share and exchange things that are positive in our lives.
0: Exactly. What's something you're grateful for this year?
1: I'm grateful for my growth, my growth with myself. I'm grateful for how far I've come with my anxiety, how far I've come with my panic attacks. And I'm also grateful for just, like we said, just being alive and being able to connect with so many people. That's been a huge blessing is being able to connect with so many people on Instagram and being a part of the mental, health, the mental health community, which obviously came out of me having panic attacks.
0: Absolutely love that. For me, I think this year, I'm most grateful for launching my foundation officially. I think that was like the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. And having the opportunity to talk to people like you about all these important conversations and be a part of normalizing the conversation.
1: I'm so excited about it. I'm so glad we got to connect and that we found each other and that you're doing this amazing work. Thank you. I'm so happy. So
0: what's one last thing that you want to let everyone who's watching know?
1: I think we have to realize that a lot of the worry that we have is it's not going to matter in five years. And I always remind myself of that, like in the moment, like when I get really in my head or like I'm super negative, like negative thoughts are taking over I have to remind myself, obviously be grateful, but then also just kind of have that check-in and be like, is this really gonna matter in five years? Like, are you really gonna be sitting here worrying about that moment of panic or like, you're gonna get down in yourself because you had a bad situation arise or because of the political thing or because of the pandemic, like five years from now, a lot of this is not gonna be mattering as much as it is right now. And I think that goes back to the present moment just really sinking back into the present moment and realizing that we're so blessed to be alive in this moment, even if it is in the middle of a pandemic and a political crazy craziness, we're still blessed to be alive right now. I think just kind of coming back to that and then also reminding yourself that no matter how intense the panic attack is that you may or may not experience this holiday season, you will get through it. I've gotten through... I always laugh. I'm like, I probably have had over hundreds of panic panic attacks and I'm still here. I've I've gotten through them and I know that so many other people get through them too. So just remind yourself that no matter how low things look or how dark things look or how bad that panic attack is or how you feel like this is the end of your life because things are so horrible right now, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I know that's so cliche to say, but there really is. And I I feel like I'm living proof because I've come from having panic attack every single day to now having maybe one a week not even there is there really is hope on the other side and there are so many incredible people that want to support you like the hotline like both of us like so many amazing people on instagram that i get to talk to every single day so know that you're not alone and know that it will pass